Raiders, start your engines! Welcome to the one place everybody wants to be. Victory Lane, your source for news, analysis, discussion, interviews, and more from the world of NASCAR. Here's your host, Davey Siegel. Welcome back, party people, to the place everybody wants to be. You know it. You love it. It is Victory Lane on site at Daytona International Speedway. I am currently sitting in the fan zone. There is nobody in the fan zone, uh, so I'm being safe. Don't worry, Mom and Dad and whoever else cares about my safety. But we have a lot to talk about this week and a little time to do so. So let's just get right into it, but I'm going to tell you what we got going on. We're going to recap the clash. That happened on the road course earlier this week. Preview some more of the overall season with my boy Andrew Curland, who's probably not listening to this, but as you are listening to this, he's probably on his way down to Daytona. And we're going to get amped for the 500. We're going to do it all after we hear a good old-fashioned... Glad I did that with nobody really in the fan zone because people would be looking at me crazy. Let's turn back time and go to the Wayback segment of the week with my dad. We are paying homage to a familiar name, and his son may have just won the championship of the Cup Series. That's right. Awesome Beal from Dawsonville. Thank you, Doob, and welcome to Speed Weeks 2021, everybody. Today we look back at number 94. Coincidentally... I attended my first Daytona 500 in 1994, and this is the first time since then that I'm not in Daytona in February to watch the 500. Thank you, COVID-19, for that, but I guess the torch is officially passed since Davey is there, and he'll carry on the family tradition. 530 cup starts for the 94, but no wins. The driver with the most starts in the 94... 185 of them, is a Hall of Famer well-known to all. That would be Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. Now let's be honest. When you think of Bill Elliott, you likely don't think of his time in the 94 car, at least I don't. I think of his time in the 9 car, driving for Harry Melling. In 1985, he won 11 races, 11 poles, and was the first driver to win the Winston Million. In 1988, he won his only championship driving the nine. And driving that Coors-sponsored ride, he brought the allure and taste of Rocky Mountain goodness to those of us east of the Mississippi River. After a couple of years with Junior Johnson in the 11 Budweiser car, Elliott started his own team in 1994, taking McDonald's sponsorship with him from Johnson. 94 was chosen as the number for his car in honor of his nephew, Casey, who was battling cancer at the time and would succumb to the disease in 1996. Elliott struggled in his years as an owner driver and didn't win a race. Still, it didn't stop him from being voted NASCAR's most popular driver for all of those years and more, a total of 16 times. He finished his full-time racing career driving for Ray Evernham in a reboot of the nine car, winning four times in that ride, including a dominating Brickyard 400 win in 2002. Elliott ran a series of part-time and one-off rides from 2004 to 2012. All in all, an 828 race cup career spanning 37 years, 44 wins, 55 poles, 320 top tens, and a championship. Million Dollar Bill was named one of NASCAR's 50 greatest drivers in 1988, and he was inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame in 2015. That's all for this week. Stay safe down there in Daytona, Doof. Thank you, Dad. Yes, I'm being safe, and I wish I wish you're here with me, Dad. I will uh, I will carry on the family tradition of being here in Daytona every single year. I've been here every single year since 2010. We were, my dad and I were going over this. The first time that I came to the 500 was 2010 when Jamie McMurray won, because I remember, Jamie, baby, 
then the next year trevor bain won i have a picture of my dad with surrender cobra hands on his head looking crazy and i've been here every year since i started coming as a fan then i started coming as media and like my dad said he's been here since 94 so damn you covid not letting him get here but the show must go on let's talk about the clash kyle bush wins the clash on the daytona road course the thing that i was saying was the top two crash bush makes the pass to win the clash and that's basically what happened so let's get right down to it the last lap or two was pretty buck wild insane you got ryan blaney who passes chase elliott on fresher tires and then elliott even though he's on the older tires we heard post-race about some people saying that he can save his older tires way better than anybody else in the field so he runs him back down and blaney can't get through the corners well does not get through the backstretch chicane too well at all so we fast forward to the front stretch chicane the 12 leaves a lane the nine shoots it You've seen it by now. They spin. They wreck. Kyle Busch comes out of nowhere. The Candyman can, and the Candyman does. He was third going into the final corner, and he comes out first, wins the race. It's his second time winning this race. He won it once before in 2012 when it was then the Bud Shootout. But not like this. Uh, This is on the road course. It was different. This was during COVID. It was different. This is a last lap pass when he was basically just waiting for them to do what they did, which is different. And something that's also different are post-race zooms. They've been pretty flawless, I'll give NASCAR credit, from when we started up this process last year to now. But how it works when the driver is brought into the media center is he's at the podium, he's getting questions from Zoom and questions from media in the deadline room like myself, Bob Pockers, Jeff Gluck, Michelle Martinelli, Jenna Fire, Jordan Bianchi, all those people. So NASCAR was just having a little bit of trouble connecting those two things together so we could hear everybody, but they couldn't hear us, and it was kind of a shit show, so to speak. Um, But Kyle was holding his own, and he was actually holding the laptop and repeating the questions that the media were asking. It was really funny. Uh, Check my Twitter for more details on that, but it it was a sight to behold. That was fun. So is winning the race, and that is all that matters to Kyle Busch. So did he see this coming at all in the terms of those two wrecking in front of him? I kind of felt like there was an interesting opportunity there that was presenting itself. Uh, I was kind of catching those guys and running them down for a couple, couple laps there towards the end. Um, They were, I think they were pushing each other a little bit and, and uh, kind of messing each other up more so than being able to run clean laps. And so uh, I was gaining, I wasn't going to get there, but um, obviously they, um, they got together there in that final corner. I wasn't sure if, if um, if Chase was going to push the issue and push back on Blaney and and knock him through the turn and make him miss the exit or uh, what was going to happen. But uh, the both of them had to had to make the, the turtles, if you will. And so they just uh, got together and started crashing. So when that started happening, I was hoping that um, they were going to wreck long enough that uh, I could get up in there and, and get by them that then we can win the thing. So, you know, it's it's never over till it's over at, at these types of places, especially when you have those um last corner last ditch effort chicanes um like here in the roble chase finished second but did he mean to wreck him and would he do the same move again oh well, i certainly wasn't trying to wreck him um that's a dumb question but obviously i'm thinking that i can pass him and and win the race or i wouldn't do it so um yeah you know obviously coming into a tight corner there i drove in so hard um, you know, and I was to the right, my angle was, was really bad. I, I just had to stop really to try to make the corner, you know, and at that point we're side by side trying to stay off the curb. We both know that the curb, you don't want to hit any more of it than you have to. So, um, yeah, I, I hate it. You know, like I said on TV there, I certainly don't want to wreck him out of anybody, but you know, and, and more than anything, hate neither one of us won, you know, hate, hate to hand it to somebody else like that. And not that it mattered, but Ryan Blaney went from leading to finishing 13th. But again, not a points-paying race. Doesn't really matter. No playoff points are awarded at all. So it doesn't really matter. But what about him? What did he think of the last lap move from his notable best friend, Chase Elliott? I mean, obviously, he didn't mean to wreck me. I mean, of course, he didn't mean to do that, but I ended up wrecked. It's kind of just what it is. I mean, of course, you know, he never mean to wreck anybody, usually. Um, And I know he didn't mean to, but drove off in there pretty deep and I don't think personally he wasn't going to make the corner. Um, it was going to be very hard for him to do it. Just a shame that uh, we ended up getting turned around and am I going to make the same move if we're in the same position two weeks from now? Hell yeah. I mean, 
why not? But if you if you're gonna make, I told him if you're gonna make a move like that, make sure you at least win the race. Don't hand it to the third place guy. Now, granted, I'm I'm very uh, it's very ironic me saying that because I won the Roval that way, um, being the third place guy. But uh, yeah, to answer your question, yes, I would make the same move he did, uh, but maybe do it a little bit differently um, if I was in the same spot in a couple weeks. Joey Logano finished third. He touched on some important topics as well. Uh, we got we don't have time to hear from him today, but essentially he said the package that they used for the clash was way way better than the one that they used last year, which I wholeheartedly agree with. And they got to do something to fix the dirt that was kicking up along the backstretch chicane. Kevin Harvick spun out a couple times. Joey Logano had it lodged in his grill. Truex's windshield, you could barely see out of it. Uh, and Harvick basically was like, we told you guys fix this last year, and you haven't. So please do something. So we'll see if they do. Overall, though, I mean, I was really not expecting much from this race. I didn't love that it was on the road course, but... I really did enjoy what I saw. It was short enough. It was different enough. It was exciting enough. And I really liked it. Um, and I didn't even mention that Martin Truex Jr., who's also pretty darn good on these road courses, wrecked from the lead, but he came from the back of the field twice. It's going to be he and, he and Chase Elliott all year long on the road courses. I personally still think that this race should be on the oval because the, the focus of the event is hyping up the Daytona 500. And you don't do that by running on the road course. But if NASCAR deems that they want to have a different identity associated with the clash, then I'll be a keep it on the road course. It's not my decision. Let's roll into our 2021 season preview with my boy Andrew Curland. Again, uh, really happy that he was able to make some time for me over at his second home away from home at Arizona State. I wanted to get his perspective on some different things that are this that are upcoming this season because he has a really fresh young perspective on the sport and he has some friends that are of college age and I want to see what they're thinking of everything going on. So we talked about that and a plethora of more topics. So let's throw it over to that chat with Andrew. The 2021 season is here and I got my boy on with me to preview it. Andrew Curland, not live from his apartment like usual. He's in some random study place in Arizona State with a nice refrigerator, some cookbooks. You got a good setup there, bud. Yeah, this is actually like in our apartment complex, and like behind Take us, us on the tour, please. Uh, uh, there's like a like tarts, like there's there's a yeah, there's a book for tarts, and it's like a I don't know what the background is. I literally this is like it's such a nice place yeah. to come and do like Zoom stuff that I might bring my own props and just like completely redo the back shelf for like when I do interviews and stuff. <laughs> Why not? So just put a bunch like, of like die casts on there. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. On the fridge. Why not? Yeah, no, like I'm going to just completely redesign the whole place. But um, yeah, it's uh, not a bad spot to to do some Zoom calls and uh, preview the 2021 season, David. So I wanted you to come on with me because I want your perspective being in college, a younger person, obviously, like we're both young in the grand scheme of things when it comes to NASCAR stuff. But I wanted your perspective specifically because I know that you have a lot of friends at school and not all of them are necessarily NASCAR fans, but they know about it and they've watched bits, pieces here and there because of you. So I'm really curious to know what are your friends saying about this year? Because MJ's here, Pitbull's here, uh, new teams are popping up all over the place, new tracks. There's a lot of stuff going on. Fox is branding the year as the best season ever. And I'm sure that your friends are seeing all of that stuff, not just because they're friends with you, but because they like sports and they're paying attention to the landscape. So what are their mindsets on all of this stuff from kind of an outsider's perspective? Yeah, it's always, it's funny. Some people will try their best. Normally it doesn't work, but whenever big news that's mainstream enough breaks, yeah. they always try and beat me to like break the news instead of me finding <laughs> out on Twitter somewhere else. So uh, when Michael Jordan officially announced that he was going to start up a team with Denny Hamlin, I got probably like 10, 15 texts from oh, yeah. not only people here at ASU, but all my buddies back at home. And it's, mm -hmm. and it, it was cool to see NASCAR in, in the, in the mainstream light like that. And I think, you know, the sport needs big mainstream storylines like that to get more attention. You know, I feel like the attention it gets on track is great and all. Um, and, and the, the products obviously getting better now that we've kind of understood this, this package a little bit more, but it, it takes a Michael Jordan or it takes a pit bull to come into the sport for eyes to be on it. Like yeah. when I, 
I, uh, we're, you know, obviously it's been Daytona 500 media week and, and all that, um, these past couple of weeks. And I've, uh, started to try and log on and mainly listen more than actually be in the zoom calls. But Me I too. saw that people <laughs> was doing a zoom call with track house, which by the way, there were like a hundred people in that zoom yeah. call versus like compared to any other one. Like he brought, it was, it was double the usual attendance. For yeah, I know reason. it was like, and like, there's so many hands raised and like, we ran out of time. We went long. And my roommates were like huddled around me watching Pitbull on the, on yeah. the Zoom. It was, it was like, it takes big personalities like that. Well, I like put that on my Snapchat story. I was like on a I Zoom know. with Pitbull. It's so 2021. Yeah. And a bunch of my yeah. friends, some some like understand it, but some didn't know about Pitbull's involvement or some don't know about anything going on with NASCAR at the moment. And they responded, they're like, wait, what? And I told them yeah. like Pitbull is now an owner or a partner in a NASCAR team. And they're like, why? What? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, so is Michael Jordan. And they're like, are you serious? I'm like, yes. Like, that. that's what I'm talking about. Because it's not just something that you talk about, oh, Chase Elliott's the champion. Cool. His dad won the championship a while ago. Most popular driver. Like, that's great. But the mainstream storylines and stuff like that is Michael Jordan coming into the sport. Pitbull coming into the sport. Bubba Wallace gaining yeah. all of this new sponsorship. New partners coming into the sport. New venues. That that's that's what I want to talk about as well. Like the whole buzzword for this season and this offseason has, season has been new. It's it's new drivers, new teams, new owners, new sponsors, new venues, new forward ways of thinking, and right. that is a really good thing overall, just for NASCAR to embrace. Yeah, no, you mentioned Bubba. I thought that was a another big point. It's like you know you look at like who's going to be the face of NASCAR this year and. And everyone throws out, you know, the big, big heavy hitters like, you know, Hamlin's making a lot of movements with especially with being competitive on the track and starting up a team with Jordan. You look at Kyle Busch, who who normally makes noise during a season. Jimmy Johnson's gone. Junior's gone. All these big names are gone. Mm -hmm. Chase Elliott's starting to rise. But I really think Bubba, if he has a good year, he's going to be the face of NASCAR this year. I think he already is, to be honest. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, not not to people like us who are in the sport because, you know, like Harvick and Hamlin are like the best on track. But, right. I mean, I think we're really similar in the respect of like, you know, we have a lot of friends that don't follow NASCAR, but know enough to hold a conversation. Right. And it's like, you know, you go up to people and you say, hey, like, can you name five NASCAR drivers? Yeah. And even still now, people are like Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, right. Dale Jr. Retired, yep. retired, retired. So and Jimmy Johnson retired now. So. But now, especially after all the stuff that went down last summer, everybody knows who Bubba Wallace is. Yeah. Everybody and their grandma knows who Bubba Wallace is. They know Michael Jordan is now in the sport. He's partnered with Bubba. Then they're going to learn about Denny. They're going to learn that Denny's actually really good, and he's got the most swag out of any driver in the Cup Series. There's a lot of different things going on. So I think Bubba is the face right now. Yeah. Now, on-track performance specifically – you can point to Chase, especially with seven new road courses. You can point to Denny and Harvick because they dominated last year. But in the grand scheme of things, we were talking about the mainstream type of stuff. Bubba is, I think, by far and away the most notable driver right now. Yeah, and he, he's been a, a household name because of what he's done off the track. And I just really can hope that he can match it on the track and blow us all out of the water and just be such a well-rounded driver. And, you know, I feel like he's been waiting for his moment, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, going through teams and especially at RPM, which many people don't realize is extremely small. Like it is not a very big operation that they have over at Richard yeah. Petty Motorsports. Now he's going to have great equipment, obviously all the storylines following him, man, I hope he can, uh, he can be up front when it matters and, and, become a name on the racetrack as well and that's what he wants more than anything too yeah because i mean even on the zoom I think that's what i want too want you know but, i mean yeah. i i i not to say that i absolutely love and i've i've thanked bubba like personally on like all the stuff he's done off the track for us and for the sport and and, and for for the world because it needs to be said but Man, I want I want him to start talking about racing and start talking about winning and 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 you know get to those dialogues as well because uh, you know you just want to see something happen like that to a good guy. I don't know Bubba personally. You probably know him better than I do from doing. The I mean, I don't know him personally, but I, well, I had a Zoom call with him yeah. uh, towards the end of the season and uh, wrapped it up. You know, toward when when we were all done, I'm like, hey man, like seriously though, like from me to you, like thank you for all you've done for just the world and. 
opening people's eyes and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I, I don't know him personally. We don't hang out. I know. You know? <laughs> I know. But I mean, I meant like you have you have a more like personal relationship with him than I do. So like, you know, if he sees you, he'll probably be like, hey, what's up, Andrew? Like he doesn't know me. I could even tell even when he was asked point blank on the, the Daytona 500 media day press conference, I think he was actually asked, are you tired of talking about all this stuff? Uh, are you tired about all the hate that you're getting on social media? And he said, no, it's, it's part of it. I like doing that stuff, but I, I could tell like, not necessarily that it's a negative and it's bringing him down, but I could tell he's so tired of it. Like you could see it in his face. He's like, look, I understand that I probably wouldn't have gotten this opportunity. This wouldn't even be a possibility if what I said last year and what we did last year happened. But that doesn't mean that it has to be brought back every single time and looped back because, again, he wants nothing more than to just win. And he doesn't care if he does it because of what he said last year and because he got this opportunity. He just wants to win. He doesn't want to keep talking about all these different things. They're important to him. And they're important course, to talk about, yeah. no doubt, and we understand that. But I don't know. Like, I have no inside knowledge, but I could just tell, like, on his face, he was tired, exhausted, and I'm sure he has been for the last six, seven months talking about all this stuff because it can be a lot, and it's emotionally taxing. Yeah. Well, one thing that I think it was Alex Andreev who asked the question. It was, yeah. That um, just, like, opened my eyes was she's like – have you gotten more hate on social media? Like, has it started to die down? Do you know when it will die down? He's like, I'll let you know when it stops. But like the hate he gets is constant. That blew yeah. me away. And it, you know, it's, it's, it's sad to see that there's people out there who, who hate on Bubba, yeah. you know, for, for standing up for, for what he believes in and, and, and uh, trying to make a change in the world. And uh, that, that just blew my mind is yeah. that, hate like that is constant every single day on social media man i like i want to not to like i know that was like we just got like real (laughs) serious there but um uh yeah that that that, like just kind of last last little thought on that um that that kind of continue off of what you said that that just blew me away no that's part of it no no big deal um something that also blew me away was when pitbull was on the zoom with us i'll be honest i thought that it was going to be one of those things where it's a celebrity owner. He has yeah. minimal involvement. You know, he does a media opportunity to show his face and say what he's doing, which he did. But yeah. I just, I got a different vibe from him. And I think I texted you during it because, like, we were talking and making fun of some people on Zoom, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think I texted you. I was like, this man is electric. Oh, and my God. I don't, I don't toss that word out a lot, but that dude, he gets me going. Like, oh my God, he's, he's a performer and Mr. Worldwide and an international icon for a reason, but that's music and listening to him talk about his passion for everything that he does in terms of the slam schools that he's built and what track houses is, is doing. I talked with Justin Marks a little bit ago for the front stretch podcast, and he echoed everything that Pitbull or as he calls him Armando, which is funny was saying, Yeah, yeah. I don't know about you, but when he was talking, I was literally like getting goosebumps. I was in awe at what he was saying because it, even if it wasn't, it felt genuine. And I think that's a welcome sight because when Troy Aikman, Dan Marino, Randy Moss, you can name out a lot of different celebrities that were involved in team ownership in NASCAR. I wasn't covering the sport then, but this just felt different to me. What about you? No, I was going to, you're so right. Like I was fired up hearing him talk yeah. about about everything about NASCAR and like, man, I want Pitbull on my team. That's like, what I'm saying he's gonna be a freaking great leader. You can tell that he is passionate about all of his projects. Uh, something he mentioned too was like he doesn't do something just to do it. If he does it, man, he's he does it for a reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he picked NASCAR for a reason. Yeah. And he is going to be dedicated. He's already passionate about the sport and and his involvement in track house and, and being at the five hundred and, and just being a presence now is gonna be fantastic. I really think like like let alone that he's a celebrity and and you know, musician, 
he's just a passionate electric good leader so electric dude you know and i thought it was gonna be you know fun and you know casual but like i'm like oh my god this like i gained not that i didn't before but i gained so much respect for pitbull i totally like all that all that he's done and and been through man i'm so excited to see what they can do this year and it was funny too because like normally in these zooms it would be like the driver gets the most questions, then the owner, and then whatever. But it's like Suarez and Justin Marks, it seemed like we're just kind of taking a backseat because <laughs> yeah, everyone yeah. wanted to ask Pitbull a question. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> it's it's something about him, I, and I don't know what it is. Maybe that's just like why he's so captivating and, and electric, as we've said. That's kind of the buzzword. But I, I don't know what I thought about him before. I didn't have any negative thoughts necessarily, but I just knew him as this guy who always wore sunglasses, probably wore too much right. cologne and was an international icon. And that was about mm-hmm. it and made some good music. And to see like his passion come through for everything that track house and the word that Justin Marks used was aligned with, because it seems like their two visions are converging in this yeah. arena I mean, Pitbull said he's wanted to get into ownership before the opportunities didn't materialize. He It wasn't there, whatever. But it, it's it's ripe for the taking right now because you got Justin Marks, who's young, a new owner, has a completely different perspective. Um, and I encourage you guys to go listen to that Front Stretch podcast coming out this week because he basically was like, we don't want to be like any other NASCAR team that has been in existence before. We're going to do it differently. We're going to make this team an experience. And when you root for us, you're not going to root for Daniel Suarez. You're not going to root for Pitbull. You're not going to root for Justin Marks. You're going to root for Trackhouse. And I think that's an interesting perspective. And Pitbull basically aligned up with that perfectly. And they're not trying to make an impact on the track. And he did clarify. He's like, that's our main goal. We want to win championships. But that's 1A. 1B is STEM and educating kids across the world and the country about science, technology, math, uh, engineering, NASCAR folding into all of those different things. That was, that was awesome. That was another tangent, but like, um, we just share We're on the same wavelength with that. He was, he was really something to listen to. I enjoyed it. Dude, it was so awesome. I, I, I joked with my dad about this. Um, the last normal NASCAR race that we have ever had was the the phoenix spring race in Mm -hmm. in march and he was there yeah um, you were there and we were on the red carpet shooting b-roll um of drivers walking into the driver's meeting all of a sudden like and my dad tells the story probably better than me but um we see smoke flying and then like pit bulls like dancing like doing like like wait when a pit bull like we didn't even know he was gonna be here <laughs> and it was with blake like, shelton and you're like what is this right collab here? going on yeah <laughs> we were like that was that was awesome so like we were listening to that song like like on repeat to and from the racetrack you texted and, me actually uh, you were like yo dude they're just playing this song it's so good. You got to listen to it. And I was like, this is such a weird collab. It's not going to be. I good. Know. And it was pretty good. It was not bad. Yeah, it yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know. That was the first I ever thought. And then and then what was cool is they did driver intros and stuff while they were shooting the video that unfortunately never got aired. But um, yeah. it was kind of funny. Um, Pitbull was so excited to introduce Suarez and like, you know, 2020 vision. Now you're like, Oh my God, they're going to be working together now. And that's cool. That was, that's what I was going to mention is I love like the Daniels Amigos and that whole fan base is so unique compared to any other driver out there. And, and to be able to expand that with Pitbull, obviously being in the Latino community, yeah, that's going to like, I'm so excited to just have new passionate fans in the sport. And like Daniel's amigos, like NASCAR fans are already the best fans in the world, but like mm-hmm. they're freaking awesome to they're watch. Different the breed. Yeah. And it goes back to something that Daniel said as well, you know, getting different fans from different nationalities and cultures involved. Um, I found it interesting because Suarez was like, you would think that, you know, Pitbull's main demographic would be in Mexico or in North America or even, you know, Europe and Spain. It's in Asia. NASCAR in Asia, there is little to no presence there. I think the only thing I can think of is that preseason race in Japan before we were born, maybe. Yeah. And um, Steve O'Donnell or somebody took a trip to China to potentially talk about like some partnership with, you know, bringing NASCAR over there. But there is virtually zero nascar involvement in asia and to potentially tap into that 
area of the world who's to say you know what can come out of that so that that was really cool i'm glad we uh we share the same thoughts on that so that kind of leads me into my next topic that i want to touch on you with which is these new teams we didn't even mention live fast motorsports with matt tift who's the youngest team owner in nascar 24 freaking years old he's younger than me <laughs> and um bj mcleod who looks like a, a wwe wrestler and they're paired together which is unbelievable so yeah. you got 2311 toyota backing you got live fast motorsports ford performance you got track house chevrolet what are your realistic expectations for these three individual teams with bubba mcleod and then suarez with track house because they're three different tiers in cup series racing with a bunch of different equipment with them but their first year in existence, I think expectations need to be tempered a little bit while also yeah. realizing that they do have a good opportunity in front of them. I even think, I think you look at new drivers too. Um, and it's kind of like you look at the rookie of the year battle last year, especially like, Oh man, out of these names, like who's going to be the rookie of the year, you know, yeah. with that incredible rookie of the year class we had last year. And you got to look at the equipment that everyone's working with. Um, I even heard with the 23 car, like NASCAR to make sure that wasn't just a fifth Joe Gibbs car. That was is, a big thing. Basically yeah. what I heard. So, I mean, when you look at that, Bubba's going to be in some good equipment. Um, but I heard it was Kurt Busch talking about Ross Chastain and, and Ross Chastain, um, you know, being nervous about jumping into the cup series in this big 42 car. And Kurt's like, you got to get through the first five, you know, just get through all the hiccups of the first five races then reevaluate. So, I mean, obviously we're going to be tempering our expectations. Mm -hmm. I think fair to say we'll go by the Kurt Busch standard, the first five. I don't know if we should be expecting a whole lot out of these teams. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely think the 23 will perform the best um, given that they're in Joe Gibbs equipment. Toyota seems to be obviously one of the top OEMs within the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, I, I would expect to see the 23 run the best out of that group. Um, the 99, I'm curious because – this will be Suarez's first opportunity to be in good equipment in over a year. Um, he said he did not learn anything on track last year being in the 96 car. Obviously, he's grown more, learned more as a driver. But in terms of on-track ability, it was almost kind of like an off year. And and I think they're RCR aligned, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you, you, I'll, I'll see what you think too. But RCR has made some improvements. But with the 99 car – I think it might take a little while for them to get going. Um, yeah, I would probably. So agree I, I don't with know that. what you think. Yeah, I'd agree with that, and I think the twenty-three out of those three new teams will definitely be head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah. Um, but from a driver's perspective, I think Bubba's really talented, so I think that yeah. gives them the upper hand as well. But the crew chief and the competition director is Mike Wheeler, who is very solid as well, mm -hmm. and he's going to be heading things up over there. And Denny Hamlin obviously is a really hands-on owner but he has all the trust in the world and Wheeler to do his thing over there. So I think that that's going to be a really good pairing over there at 2311. The 99 is RCR aligned and affiliated, but I still don't think RCR is, is on the cut. I don't think they're even on the cusp of getting back to their heyday status and becoming one I of the like, yeah. top four teams. Like they're like, they've said if Reddick and Austin do not make the playoffs this year, that is a failure of a year, which is realistic. I would say since Austin made the playoffs last year, did some damage surprisingly and yeah. reddick you know he was inconsistent at times but you could argue that he was the best overall rookie last year for the totality of the season so i would say the 23 is going to do the best out of that group the 99 yeah. probably will have some some top 10s in there here and there and they'll be able to run inside the top 15 definitely the top 20 on a weekly basis um but given that you know everything over there is is brand new um, specifically, you know, Justin Marks, he's obviously, he knows what he's doing, but, um, I think that RCR, their affiliation compared to 2311 and JGRs, that puts them a step below. And then, uh, Tift and McLeod would live fast. I mean, Tift told me, he said literally quote, we are not Joe Gibbs racing at all. Um, <laughs> and he understands that, but they, they're playing the long game. They want to be here 20, 30, 40 years down the road and be winning championships. And they're going to do the BJ McLeod model which is run consistently, start out with top 30s, then get top 25s, then potentially get some top 20s here and there. So that's the model that they're they're looking at. I liked what you said about Ross Chastain because I'm, I'm forgetting about him. Like when you mentioned him, I was yeah. like, oh yeah, he's, he's, he's not technically a rookie. Like I don't think he's going to be able to contend for that crown. But uh, he's not. I heard he's not going to have yeah. the rookie stripes. <laughs> but still, it's like 
you think about all this stuff going on, Bubba with the new team, track house is coming in, Larson moving over to the five, which we'll touch right. on in a minute. And we forget that the melon man is in a top tier cup ride as well. So it's yeah. like, <laughs> by the way, here's another driver that is not afraid to rattle your cage a little bit, probably is going to contend for a playoff spot and has Kurt Busch to lean on as a teammate. And that could be dangerous. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Ross Chastain can do. You know, I feel like he got a little preview of good equipment in the six, but it wasn't enough. Um, yeah. And it was funny. It was a Vegas race. That was actually the weekend after Daytona. That's right. Um, and I was uh, filming B-roll right by the car. And, um, you know, I was walked up to Ross. I'm like, hey, man, how do you feel? Like, he, you know, you're about to get in the car. This is probably one of the biggest opportunities. And you could tell he was nervous. And, um, and he, you know, he he's was. like, he admitted there's a lot that of pressure, too. man. Because I mean, he's he puts filling a in for Newman. Yeah, I know. I know. He had eyes on him. Like, and, and maybe he's, you know, obviously that was a very immediate, like, within the week. There's a lot going yeah. on. Um, he didn't do well but, either. Yeah, yeah, but I, I Kurt Busch even alluded to the fact that like Chastain's gonna be a little nervous getting in this car. Um, but I mean, that dude, he's a he's a wheel man and a half. Like yeah. I'm I'm excited to see what Ross can do, and and you know, good things happen to good people, and uh, he's a dedicated guy, and I hope mm -hmm. uh, I hope he can he can make some damage in that 42 car consistently, right? You know, that's yeah. the thing. You can't have one or two starts and then hope to get results out of that i think mm -hmm. hopefully by by the time we get to phoenix number two that championship race he can have built a good program over there in the 42 car yeah consistency is key and i, I think his teammate what he said about getting through the first five getting your bearings yeah. and then kind of getting into a groove of stuff hopefully there'll be no you know layoffs or covid postponements i think we're hopefully past that in terms of nascar I think so, yeah um but i agree with that let's talk briefly about kyle larson and then i want to get into some new venues that we're going to this year um he obviously is going to a very very accomplished team renumbered team at that reigning champion organization at that i it's tough to say you know who's the best organization at the moment i'd probably say hendrick and penske are tied at the top uh, maybe Hendrick a slight edge just because they're the defending champs. But Larson, everybody's always said, right, we want to see what he can do in competitive stuff. Now we got our chance. So what do you think he's going to do this year? I think probably multiple wins. He's probably expecting that of himself. Definitely qualifying for the playoffs, obviously, with that and potentially moving on. What say you? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Larson's going to have a big year. Um, especially like what you mentioned, going to a, a top-tier team um, in Hendrick Motorsports. He was even talking about Daytona 500 qualifying. He's like, not to knock Chip Ganassi Racing, but like when we qualify at Daytona, like I'm actually going to have a shot at the pole. Like, And that was just like brand new to him. So yeah, I think he's going to sure. be in probably the best equipment he's ever been in his NASCAR sure. career. He's going to be um, you know, could, dangerous for the rest of the field to watch. Yeah. Um, but he did say, like, man, it's been so long since I've been in a cup car, even just getting so used to driving in dirt cars, sitting up straight. He said he's going to – he was in the car just getting the interior figured out. And there were so many unfamiliar elements since he's been so far removed um, from everything. I think one thing that's going to hit him differently, too, this year is COVID. Um, he's never raced under COVID before. And he's he even joked in the Zoom, he's like, I don't know where to go to get my, you know, COVID pass, where to go for this, like what the protocols are, yeah. especially with not having practice. We're going to, you know, that that kind of took us by surprise with the yeah. Kyle Busch, you know, not having practice and how much that threw the 18 It's a big acclimation off. process, you're right. You have to see how is that going to affect Kyle Larson. Um, so I think, obviously, when we look at, um, the beginning of the season, I think the first five are going to, it's really going to be getting kinks out of the way for a bunch of, I mean, more than other years in terms of all the new things we have to figure out, it's going to be just getting the rust off and, and knocking it off. And I think that's going to be the case for Larson, but I do think once he can hit his groove, find his groove, he's going to be pretty unstoppable, especially like, and I know he, he, maybe he plays it off humble with the whole Bristol dirt race. And he's like, well, we're not going to have that much of an advantage, but I'm like, that could, you're, yeah, I mean, you if you don't have him on your fantasy team, you're doing something wrong for that race. Like, yeah. you know, it's going to be him, Bell, Briscoe, 
and then everybody else. Like, yeah, they're going to yeah, be in their yeah. own class for the Bristol Dirt Race. No, no matter what they tell you publicly, even their competitors are basically just saying, like, look, we're going to be probably racing for fourth behind those yeah. guys. And they're fine with it because it's just one race. It'd be different if it was, you know, another road course, which leads me into our next topic. Seven road courses on the schedule this year. Oh my God. Um, which means that there's a big emphasis placed on those. And that's why people are not really focusing on the dirt race because it's a one off of sorts. Whereas these road courses, they're spurs throughout the schedule. Some tracks are new for the Cup Series, some tracks are new for the sanctioning body like Coda. Which one are you most excited for specifically? You got Road America new to Cup on July 4th weekend, which is going to be insane. That's going to be so fun. You got the Indianapolis Road Course, which Xfinity tested out last year. Briscoe won that. And, of course, you got Circuit of the Americas and Coda. There's a lot of new stuff this year, especially turning right and left. I'm, I'm going to uh, share one I don't think you mentioned there. Me, personally, cannot wait for Nashville. I want to be there that weekend. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've always loved – I'm a big country music guy. By the way, thrilled Luke Combs is going to be doing the uh, pre-race concert at the 500. I – Hope I can get a chance to listen to that because yeah. um, I'm excited about that. But you probably loved Eric I, Church last night at the Super Bowl too, dude. That was uh, people like didn't love his performance. Um, I thought it was I, good. I thought it was cool. If I thought yeah. it was exactly how Eric Church would do the national anthem, so I I enjoyed that. You that got a man cool. crush on him big time. Uh, yeah. All right, yeah. that's safe to yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I you know I thought it was so cool that we moved the banquet to Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and the, the marriage between NASCAR and country music is already there. And to just put it front and center, I can't wait to see what we do that week, that weekend. And I hope to be there. Nashville's on my bucket list. I've never been before. Me neither. Um, so I want to, I hopefully COVID is like better by the time we get there. I'm knocking on uh, wood. Knock on wood, dude, or, or whatever this countertop is made out of. But um, <laughs> I, I can't wait for Nashville. But Coda is going to be cool. Um, Bristol's going to be cr- just interesting to watch. Yeah, There's going to be yeah. a lot of fun stuff. What about you? What are you looking forward to? The thing, I mean, like, there's just so much new. I'm going to bleep this out. There's just so much new shit this year. Like, yeah. it's great. I, I love it. It's great. And everybody's been asking for a while, you know when's NASCAR going to try to go back to their roots and, and try these new venues. And there's so many premier road course facilities in the United States that are up to NASCAR standards. We're getting all of that in one year. You're going to a market that has been untapped for NASCAR racing for a long, long time in Nashville. Like you mentioned, road yeah. America is one of the most premier stock car road courses in the world. And we're going there on July 4th weekend. I forgot about that. Like, see, that's crazy. Like, you forget yeah. about all the like great changes. That's what I'm saying. Indianapolis yeah. Road Course. You know, racing on the oval, it's pre- it's prestigious, it's historic. I understand that, but you're still going to be able to get there and kiss the bricks if you win that race. Then, by the way, not even the Cup Series, but the trucks are going to Knoxville, which is the most famous dirt track in the world, arguably. <laughs> and then yeah. you're putting dirt on Bristol, which I'm not a fan of, but I'm going to be a fan watching it because I have yeah. no freaking yeah. idea what's going to happen. Exactly. So there's so much stuff going on. And Coda, by the way, which is like the premier road course in the United States. That's why Formula One goes there every year. So I'm really excited. I mean, it's it's a cop-out answer, but there's just so much new stuff this year. It's got me jacked up. Like Pit, Pitbull's electric. And I've been saying like over the last couple of days, I don't know if it's going to be this year. It may be next year when the next-gen car hopefully comes out on time and, and you know wows a lot of people. I think NASCAR is getting its swag back. And it's yeah. been a long process. The ratings dipped. They're coming back up. The attendance dipped. When COVID is over, that will definitely come back up. Yeah. There's new celebrities involved in the sport. It's becoming more mainstream. Well, I, I'm a big fan of that type of stuff. I just think it's getting its swagger back. Well, I sent a tweet out. Um, I think it was sometime towards the end of last year. But like all the names that we've lost, Tony Stewart, Dale Jr., Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, Carl Edwards. You can even put Greg Biffle in there. Um, my, I know I'm missing like so many like big names. Yeah. That, Casey Kane, um, Danica that Danica, we've lost yeah. within the past five, 10 years. We are rebuilding just like a sports franchise mm-hmm. would be. Um, and I know we mentioned this on our show, but like we're in a rebuilding stage. And I, I cannot wait to see 
what these new young faces that are becoming mainstream can do over the next five, 10 years. Like I'm so here for it. So, and just to tack onto the schedule thing, it's not even new this year, but it was new last year. Like arguably one of the most exciting races to watch all year was the Daytona cutoff. Like that I'm, I can't even wait for that. And we already know what to expect. Like, man, maybe this is going to be the greatest season ever. Maybe Fox sports was right. we, We just, all we need is to get this pandemic behind us, mm-hmm. get fans back in the stands, return to the normal NASCAR at track life that we all know, miss, and love. Forget what um, that's like. And then we'll truly be able to get the greatest season ever. That's the only thing that I think we're missing is is uh, fully, uh, capa- or fully uh, what's the word? Full capacity. There you um, go. Stands, and uh, <laughs> then we're good to go. I don't think I could say it any better myself besides the, uh, the starting over my words, but everybody. And the only person to say it better is Pitbull. Pretty much. I love what he said at the end of the zoom too. He did his little like, like at the end, yeah, 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 I was yeah. like, Oh my God, I'm, better, I'm ready to run through a brick wall for this man right now. He doesn't even know I exist. And oh, my wow. favorite thing he does, cause you know, his things like Dale, right? Yeah. Dale Earnhardt. He's got to say that like over and over again. It's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I think Corey LaJoy commented that on the Instagram when NASCAR announced that he was there and it blew up. I was like, that's genius. Oh man. Dale. I thought he was just saying like Dale, but then I didn't, I didn't realize that's how he spelled. Dale. Dale. And then he ended up putting the phonetic spelling in the tweet next to it. The next couple of times I'm <laughs> yeah. like, Oh God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, do me a favor, Andrew, you're in Arizona right now. Um, by the time you guys are listening to this, I actually will definitely be in Daytona on site for coverage for frontstretch.com and you, my friend are going to join us down there for Sunday on the race. So do me a favor, uh, bring me some Portillo's. I'll take a cake shake, some cheese fries and a Maxwell Polish sausage, please. Uh, you can write this down or I'll text it to you later. Um, just Venmo request me or whatever. And, um, (laughs) it's gonna, it's gonna be sitting through, uh, like a full day's worth of layovers. That's fine. I could not care less. I will. I will eat it I will frozen. Be, I will I'll eat it melted. Bring you French fries if you want me to. Uh, we'll talk, but I'm leaning yes, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. so good. I I need Taylor's in my life, but uh, no, yeah. I'll, I will see you in the media center at Damn. Daytona International Speedway. I won't be able to see your wonderful shining face because we'll be masked up. But that's what we got to do in these times. So I thank you for coming on today, for being almost as electric as Pitbull, and. Uh, <laughs> We'll see you in Daytona, man. It's almost here. Dude, man, I can't wait. Like, I don't know. For the first time in a long time, I felt like the offseason's been too short. I feel like, you know, we need to go to a a longer offseason. But now that it's race week and as soon as the Super Bowl ended, (laughs) I'm like, and like now I know I'll be in Daytona, in the sunshine, keeping the streak live. Man, I am like – giddy all over again i cannot wait we're gonna be holding the fort down the media center you know it's not gonna be the best view in the house like the press box but Mm -hmm. we're gonna be holding the fort down they're gonna know we're there damn it um (laughs) at at, uh, daytona international speedway i'm gonna bring the sunshine that's gonna be hopefully the mainly main thing we need at daytona every year is the sunshine but uh please do that this was a lot of fun i'm I'm just getting excited talking about and thinking about this season so uh can't wait to see you in person in daytona dude are you going to be bringing back the sunshine, though? I'm going to be bringing back the sunshine, yeah. All right, good. I needed to good. get that on the record, so appreciate yes. that. Yes, I will be bringing back the sunshine. Dale! Dale. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed that chat with Andrew. And like I said, probably when you're listening to this, he's going to be on his way, and maybe he'll be sitting next to me in the media center when you're listening to this, too. I don't know. Maybe Andrew will listen and uh, shoot me a wink and give me some Portillo's or something. Let's close it out, people. Lug Nuts of the Week! Cue that funky music, white boy. Martin Truex Jr. has signed a contract extension with Joe Gibbs Racing through at least 2022, so he's not going anywhere. Alex Bowman, of course, won the Daytona 500 pole for the second time in his career. Fourth straight front row start, a new record in NASCAR. William Byron will start second, pending the duels as of this recording will take place tonight. Former Mexico Series Challenge champion Max Gutierrez, he's going to run full-time in the Arkham Menard Series East with Rhett Jones Racing. And under that, I put that he wins the Arca East opener at New Smyrna in a wild, crazy three-wide finish with Taylor Gray and Sammy Smith. The end of that race was 
uh, you-know-what show. I said it before. I'll say it again. Shit show of epic proportions in terms of the officiating. But, I mean, that finish made up for it, honestly. It was it was pretty insane. Go check it out. Brittany Zamora is going to run for Rhett Jones Racing as well in the Lucas Oil 200 Arkham Menard Series race at Daytona. Also going to be piloting Sterling Marlins 2001 chassis. So that's pretty wild to think about. Joe Graff Jr. is returning to the Xfinity Series with SS Greenlight Racing in the number 07 Chevrolet. And he's going to have some support from Antonio Williams Jr. He's going to invest in his racing career. So if you like the Bills, you might like Joe Graff Jr. now. Armor All is going to sponsor Eric Jones in the 500 for Richard Petty Motorsports. That car looks really nice. Natalie Decker will make her Xfinity Series debut for Rayum Bros Racing in association with RSS Racing. Five races on the schedule for her. Robbie Lyons is going to drive the 61 Xfinity and MBM Hattori entry for the season opener at Daytona. Lenovo will sponsor Tyler Reddick in the 500. They are, also, they are also going to have a strategic technology partnership with RCR. Speedco is returning with Todd Gilland as a primary sponsor for eight total races this year. Hyper Ice will sponsor Kaz Grala and College Racing in the Daytona 500. Ty Dillon obviously ran the Daytona Road Course for Gaunt Brothers in the 96. As some unfortunate news to pass along, Rusty Cruz, a new Smyrna Speedway official, he actually passed away following a post-race brawl. Uh, a few days ago, so thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family. Offer Pad's going to sponsor Denny Hamlin for two cup races this year and four races in Xfinity with Harrison Burton. Riper Coffee Company is sponsoring Tanner Gray for the ARCA race at Daytona. Tough Co Flooring, David's Electric, and Scuttle Tight are sponsoring Jesse Little this season as well as Shriners Hospital. They're going to join for multiple races. Jordan Anderson and Ryan Vargas are going to be sponsored by Swan Security. Vargas is going to have him for four primary races, and Jordan will have him for the Daytona Truck Series race. James Busher, former Truck Series champ, is joining Nice Motorsports for the truck opener at Daytona. Jason White, the Canadian one, is returning to the Truck Series with Rayum Bros Racing. David Starr is going to run 32 races for MBM Motorsports in the 13 car this season in Xfinity. Xfinity has also added Kevin Harvick as a brand ambassador for their brand. Fiserv has extended their partnership with Chip Ganassi Racing for multiple races this season. Landon Castle will be sponsored by Blue Emu at Daytona for JD Motorsports, and Gus Dean will drive for Hill Motorsports at Daytona in the Truck Series season opener. Whew, a lot of news and notes, as always, but I wanted to get those all for you. But with that being said, we're about out of time for this episode, and I'm going to go back inside and get to work because I'm at Daytona on site bringing you guys all the coverage you could possibly want, need, or desire this week on behalf of FrontStretch.com. And while I'm at it, check out the Front Stretch podcast once you're done listening to this really fun conversation with Justin Marks, Team Trackhouse, the new owner over there. His vision is insane, and he's so passionate about it. Really, really worth a listen, if I do say so myself. If you like what you heard here today, do me a favor. Leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe to this podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud. Wherever you get your podcasts, we should be available there for your consumption. So until next time, stay safe, stay inside, keep washing those hands. Pray to God for no rain on Sunday. I really, really need you guys to do that. And I'll catch you on the flip side.